We will share the recording after the event on our website, youreyes.org, and via email. Again, all the recordings are available at y-o-u-r-e-y-e-s.org. These recordings have timestamps for you to navigate to speakers and topics that interest you. Our next town hall will be on November 17th at 11 a.m. And we will introduce you to a no, excuse me, a new low vision doctor. And Dr. Alibi will share more information about that. Did you miss the device expo on October 9th? Visit our website, youreyes.org to view the recording or check your email. If you or someone you know would like to be added to our newsletter mailing list, call our Low Vision Learning Center Information and Resource Hotline, 301-951-4444, or email events, E-V-E-N-T-S, at youreyes.org. The Prevention of Blindness Society Low Vision Learning Center is open. Call to schedule an appointment on a Thursday or a Friday. Call 301-951-4444 to schedule your appointment today. Our low vision guidebook, Your Eyes and Low Vision, is available for people with low vision and their families. To receive this guidebook, please call 301-951-4444 or email events at youreyes.org. We have made it even easier to listen to recordings of our events. You can find our town halls on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can even ask your Alexa to play recordings with just your voice. If you have an enabled device, simply say, Alexa, play Prevention of Blindness Society of Metropolitan Washington podcast. Try it or call our Low Vision Learning Center. or call our Low Vision Learning Center for assistance. Finally, October is National Book Month. National Book Month allows us to celebrate and expand our love of reading. And even if reading print is difficult, we can still enjoy a good book through the Talking Books program. This program allows anyone who can no longer read traditional print books to receive free audio recorded books. With thousands of books available, this program is easy to access through a cassette player and tapes or via the BARD, B-A-R-D, mobile app. To learn more, call our hotline at 301-951-4444. And now I'd like to introduce our moderator, Dr. Suleiman Alibi. Good morning, everybody. If you can hear me, give me a thumbs up. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, the last time I participated in the town hall meeting, it was May. And at that time, we were only using our phones. So looks like we have become accustomed to using the Zoom format. So it's nice to see you, the ones I can see. And I recognize some of you. So thank you for joining. And I commend POB for continuing these wonderful town hall meetings. And I hope that it has provided another resource for the visually impaired community to come together and connect. Although I'm moderating today's discussion and interviewing our guest, as you know, the platform is really one where we share our knowledge. And 
I learn as much from hearing from each one of you as I do from our guests. So please feel free to participate and ask questions so we can all benefit. So before I introduce our guest today, as Nick mentioned, I'm very excited to announce that a new doctor will be joining me in practice. She has just completed her low vision fellowship at the Johns Hopkins Low Vision Center in Baltimore, and she will be available to see patients in all three of the jurisdictions as soon as she gets credentialed and we can bill her insurances. Her name is Dr. Hang Nguyen. I know that's going to be a difficult name initially for everybody, but Hang is or Hong, H-A-N-G, that's her first name. And the last name is Nguyen. It's spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N, Hong Nguyen. So to introduce her, she's actually going to be our guest speaker at next month's town hall meeting. So I hope you'll all join us again and learn more about her and her insights into low vision rehabilitation. So today I'm just delighted to have Bridget Doherty from Metro Access to join us again. She, is, she was part of our town hall meeting early on during the pandemic and will update us about how Metro Access is providing services as things try to get back to normal. Bridget is an orientation and mobility specialist. She's with the WAMATA Department of Access Services and she provides outreach support to our DMV community. So Bridget will highlight the travel training program at WAMATA and also give us highlights how the Metro Access program works, how you can sign up. And I know many of you actually use Metro Access and have questions. So this is a perfect opportunity to ask Bridget some questions. So Bridget, um, if you're there, I'd like you to just begin by giving us a brief update on what WAMATA is doing now in terms of Metro Access. Thanks, Dr. Alibi, and hello, everyone. It is really wonderful to be back with you. Thank you for inviting me to share what's happening at Metro with all of you, our loyal customers through thick and thin. And uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty of questions and I, I'm here for the duration today. So um, I hope to be able to answer those questions for you. And if I can't, to put you in touch with people who can. So first and foremost, let me just start out with what we at Metro call a safety contact. Safety is our first priority. I think you are probably all very aware of the fact that we have a mask mandate in effect federally. So please, 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 if you have been off of Metro for any reason, Metro bus, rail, or Metro access, if you are coming back or considering coming back on board, be aware face coverings are required. We need our masks to cover our nose and our mouth, be nice and secure. This is for our safety and for the safety of anyone else on the vehicle primarily at the moment for the driver. And if we're on our fixed route service, that means buses and trains for the safety of our fellow passengers. We'll talk more in a few minutes about changes to 
Metro's shared ride, which right now we're only taking one passenger at a time, unless of course you have requested to have a personal care attendant travel with you, in which case um, you can have that second rider travel with you. And Dr. Alibi, should I continue or would you like to? Yeah, I, you know, people had a lot of questions about, are you going to continue the one passenger um, format or will that be changing at some point? It's a very good question. And one I know we are all um, anxious to know about. So the word is uh, official that we will start November 1st with a modified return to a shared ride program. And that is going to mean that if I am taking a Metro access trip, it is possible that there will be another rider on the vehicle with me through up through the pandemic until now, it has just been one person per trip. So my uh, friend in the neighborhood might have asked also for a Metro access ride. I might go pick that person up. My driver might go pick that person up and it will just be me and one other person unless that individual has a companion traveling with them. So at the very most, you will have three passengers in a vehicle. And um, that is for now what we have been told. As things change, I'll be more than happy to keep you all updated. And I will let the POB resources folks know so that they can keep you updated. You can always call me and I'll be giving you my contact information and Metro's contact information as well. Okay. And has there been a requirement for the Metro access drivers to be vaccinated or what's the situation there? Yes, our, our Metro access drivers are required to be vaccinated. If they are not fully vaccinated, they're also required to be tested. And FYI, you may have seen in the paper, it's the same thing for all Metro personnel, myself included, I'm fully vaccinated. Um, and those who are not fully vaccinated have to provide COVID testing on a weekly basis. Uh, we are getting now to um, staff-wide to 80%, but I believe it's higher with our contractors who are driving. Okay. So yes, they are required to get vaccinated. I think one of the anxieties people have is what if a passenger that you're riding with may have COVID or um, may be suspected of having COVID, are you going to have a small questionnaire for passengers riding Metro Access before they're picked up to say, are you feeling sick today or have you had COVID symptoms? How is that going to work? Yes, if you're calling in and making your reservation by phone, you are going to get some questions like that. We are relying on you to be straightforward. If you have any symptoms that could be considered COVID symptoms, please let Metro Access know you have a right to your ride. So you will still be transported, but you will be transported on a third party vehicle. So they might send an Uber for you or a Lyft for you as opposed to a Metro Access vehicle, or if you need it, an accessible taxi. But they um, will definitely want to know if you have any symptoms that could be COVID related, 
And if that is the case, or if you are needing to go for follow-up with your doctor after you've experienced COVID, until you know you're in the clear, it's important that we be aware so that we can properly transport you in the safest manner for everyone. Okay, okay, well, that's reassuring. And so every potential passenger will be asked these questions when they call to make their ride? Yes, but when I mention the personal responsibility, it's really important that we as passengers also report because we do have the opportunity to do web booking. So those of us who are comfortable booking online can do that. And those questions don't pop up in the same way. So please recognize that it is public transportation and Metro is doing everything it can, but we are also relying on our customers to do everything they can. So the same way on our buses and trains, there is a federal requirement that people wear their masks and we are relying on the um, compliance of folks to do that, but we can only go so far in you know, cracking down on that. So absolutely, I am comforted knowing that we have the opportunity for folks to have a more individualized trip for that, but we need it to be a two-way street. We're asking when you're calling, but if you're booking online, it's, it's a little less obvious that those questions are there. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, because I think that's always been a, a, an area of anxiety. And then uh, are the buses going to have some form of ventilation, extra ventilation, or the windows will kept, be kept open? Or, And I'm saying all this really because once we begin to share a ride, that becomes more of an issue. When people were the only passenger and they're in a shuttle bus, which is you know, fairly big, then I think everybody felt quite comfortable and safe. But now if, if you're in with two or three people, you, you don't know who they are. You don't know really whether they are positive or not positive or feeling ill or not feeling ill, then is, is there some type of other precaution that the buses are taking for that? Yes. Thank you, Dr. Alibi. There is. The, the buses are going to have the windows cracked to a larger or smaller extent, depending on the road that you are on. On the Beltway, it might be harder to have the window open um, a large amount, but we want to keep the air fresh and circulating. So in addition to the window being cracked, you will also, or cracked meaning open, you also will have the operator of the vehicle running the air conditioning or heat to keep things moving. So I suggest to people, as a fellow Metro Access rider, I, I use the bus and the train, but I also am a Metro Access rider, bring some layers with you as we move into the fall and the colder months, because personally, I am comforted knowing that those windows will have opening and the air will be circulating. I think we all need to take good care of ourselves and each other. And this is a great way that Metro is being proactive, but make sure, you know, throw a scarf in your backpack uh, or maybe an extra sweater and have layers that you can add to your little bundle in your Metro Access seat so that you uh, stay toasty and roasty as things get a little cooler. Okay, wonderful. This is all very reassuring to hear. So the other thing that often comes up is people say, has there 
or is there an option of rather than the shuttle bus picking us up having a taxi come because we think of the shuttle buses mainly for people with physical disabilities a lot of our listeners here today have vision issues so physically they can probably get in and out of a, a, a they don't need the the lift van and everything in that sense so how does that program work about perhaps using uber or a taxi company instead of the regular um, accessible metro bus itself yes that's a an excellent question so we do have uh, sedans that occasionally are sent to pick up customers who do not have a physical per se need for the accessible vehicle, the the van, the Metro Access van. And now we have a new version. Some of you may have used in the past Abilities Ride. The old Abilities Ride is, is gone. There's a newer version now to which Metro Access customers can opt in. Abilities Ride now means that it is possible if you opt into the program that you will be sent a vehicle, either an Uber or a particular taxi cab company will text you if you have agreed that you can handle texts and that that's an okay way for you to communicate with the carrier, whoever the carrier may be. We'll text you the night before. You'll know by that text that your Metro access ride that you've reserved has now been assigned to an abilities ride vendor of ours. It's still a Metro Access reservation that you make. You don't make a reservation yourself through through a taxi company or through Uber. So on the one hand, this is very attractive to our customers because it's a, you don't have to wait for the, the big vehicle, right? You still have the half hour window when you make your reservation where you're expected to be ready at the outermost door of wherever you are. In fact, with the taxi service or an Uber, you need to be outside and ready to go. So this isn't for everyone. If you are unable to be outside where you can be aware of the vehicle coming or they can text you or call you and let you know of their arrival, then this would not be perhaps the best program for you. We can talk more about that individually if folks wanna call me. Um, bottom line for now, as my leadership is, is piloting this program, if your ride is assigned to an abilities ride program, it will be considered a free ride right now while we work out the system. And, um, and that is the way that Abilities ride is working now. You don't choose actually to say, oh, for this ride tomorrow, it would be so much better if I had an Uber or a taxi cab. It's up to however dispatch is organizing the rides for the next day to determine in this neighborhood at this time, perhaps we don't have the vans we need or the sedans we need. So we're gonna assign Bridget Doherty to have this vehicle or um, whoever else, Joe Blue to have this vehicle. Did that answer the question? Yeah, I think there's always some confusion there because sometimes yes. people have been picked up by a cab and found it in a way sometimes more preferable and having that option of not 
a window of time, but rather a precise pickup, you know, like usually with Uber, we know your car is four minutes away and we can look on our app and see it coming. So there's always been a little bit of confusion as to how does one get that option of just having a cab or an Uber come and pick you up rather than, but it looks from what you're saying, like it's not something you opt for, but it's something that Metro Access determined based on what other trips and things they're having to run through that particular jurisdiction. Is that correct? That is correct. And you're right. It is a little confusing. And to even for me, so um, yesterday I, I had my first ever ride that was assigned to Uber. So I, I opted into the larger program many months ago, but I rarely take Metro Access. So last night on the way home from work, I, I, uh, I made my Metro Access reservation the day before. And, and the night I made the reservation, I got a text message. And I thought, oh, well, this is perfect because I'm going to go with Dr. Alibi to the town hall so I can test it out. <laughs> so I got a text message and it was a little confusing. So just to share with you all who are on the call today or on the Zoom today what happened, the text message came and I thought, okay, it's telling me, this tells me Uber and WMATA. I saw Uber and WMATA and it had a link said, click here when you're ready. And I thought, well, I'm not ready. This is for tomorrow afternoon's ride. So I waited until yesterday afternoon. And by then they had sent a second message. That second message came in the early afternoon, like three o'clock, my ride was coming at 4.30. At three o'clock, I got a second message that said, your ride request will expire tonight. Well, that was a little startling. And I thought, okay, calm down. Your ride, it will expire tonight. Well, you're going home at 4.30. I still chose not to click on the link, which was good because when you click on the link, you get another uh, link to push that says, I'm ready now. Wow. So then it said, I'm ready now. And that was like when I typically would order an Uber. I clicked on it. It said, we've located your driver. Your driver's on his way. So I didn't have to wait very long, but uh, I was, and then I spoke with another colleague at Metro and she said, yes, you don't, you don't click on those links until you're ready for your ride. So I'm sharing that with you. What I learned yesterday is okay. you get a link, you get an, a text message. Don't click on it till your, your window is starting. And then you can click on it and you're ready to go and they come rather quickly. The key for me, for those of you who, who've not met me before, I also am legally blind. I have a very small tunnel of vision. And the key for any of us in this community is to understand ourselves well, to know what our visual uh, limitations and strengths are, and to be willing to ask for help from someone around us or be able to know what we can and are not able to do with our phones. So um, there will always be uh, situations where what happened to me yesterday is the vehicle went to the other side of the building. Well, that was not my fault. 
uh, it was the driver's fault. I had to call where's my ride, which those of you who use Metro Access are familiar with it. Where's my ride? They said it came, but it didn't. I never saw it. Did I miss it visually or did I miss it because there was a problem with where the operator, the driver of the vehicle went? Well, it was the latter. The driver went to a, an incorrect entrance on the back of the block of my building. So they sent another vehicle and that arrived and it was a quick and fast ride. So there are nuances. It takes a little getting used to any time you use, whether it's Metro Access for the first time, or if you get an abilities ride, ride. Be aware at this point, you do need to opt into the overall program if you want it. If you really value having the Metro Access drivers who come and get you at your door, escort you to the vehicle, get you settled on the vehicle, and then go on your way, I would not opt into this program because though there's a seductiveness to it, feel an echo, a seductiveness to it in terms of, you know, we all know Uber and Lyft can be quite efficient. Um, there is also the reality that if we are newly blind or newly losing vision, we might be feeling a little vulnerable. And sometimes with that vulnerability, it's nice to have a bit extra tender loving care, a little TLC. And Metro Access is not perfect, but we have some really wonderful drivers who are trained to look out for us um, and to help us get settled in the vehicle. And uh, if you are in a place where you're feeling a little bit vulnerable, it might not be a time to opt into the Abilities Ride program. If you're in a place where you're feeling, oh, I want to give that a try, go for it. I highly suggest it. It's a good option. And for the time being, it's a free ride. Okay. If okay. you're routed onto those, but you cannot choose to have that be your ride. It is the dispatch office that's deciding those trips. So Bridget, if the dispatch does send you a taxi, let's say you've not opted into the abilities program, will that taxi driver come to the door then? Are they aware no. of that? They won't. No. So, so how would you know if you schedule a ride, but a taxi is gonna come and get you now, how would you know then that this time the driver won't be doing the door-to-door -door and then you have to be on the lookout for the taxi? Yes, that is actually a very good question that I will um, take back to leadership. I don't know if when that information is being disseminated to our customers, if they're being told that. I signed on as part, I honestly forgot that I had signed up. Uh, several months ago, I was asked to sign up to do a tech testing so that they could make sure it was accessible because I use JAWS and I use ZoomText. So I thought I was just testing the software. I didn't realize that I actually had signed up. So when I got the, the ride yesterday, I said, but I didn't opt in. And they said, oh, yes, you did. You were the one of the first ones. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So um, I will ask. 
I will ask how they are doing that because it's a good point. We need to communicate that to people. It is not a door-to-door service in the traditional sense of Metro Access. And at some point, uh, I can back up here or later to sort of define for anyone new on the call exactly what is Metro Access. Yeah, so that this may be a good time because people want to know, I mean, who is who is eligible for Metro Access and okay. how do they become eligible for the program? For those people on the meeting today who have not used Metro Access and wondering, you know, how do I apply and am I eligible and what's the process? Okay, great. So Metro Access, for those of you who are new and for those of you who aren't, it's a little refresher here. Metro Access is a, um, an Americans with Disabilities Act mandated civil right you all, we all have. For those of us who in this case are blind or have low vision or for anyone with a disability, and it might be due not to um, a disabling condition, it could be due to simple aging as opposed to a physical disability because you um, have a particular disease of some sort, either um, a diagnosis of a particular uh, disease or you have broken your back or some harm has befallen you. Most people at some point in their lives have a disability short-term or longer. Short-term happens all the time. If you have someone in your life who breaks a leg or an ankle and needs Metro access, even if it's just until they heal, they can apply for this service. For folks on this call, most of us are eligible for the service due to our functionality. Our functionality based on our diagnosis. So if we are diagnosed as legally blind or even if we aren't legally blind, but we have severe low vision, if we are unable to take the bus or the train for at least one of our trips that we would want to go somewhere, either the doctor's office or even out to dinner, doesn't have to be medical. Mm -hmm. Doctor's office, out to dinner, across town to visit a friend. Because of my disability, I can no longer get in the car and go. But more importantly, I cannot, because of my disability and the way I'm functioning today, I am not able to go out to the bus stop catch the bus and safely ride it, get off and walk the 10 blocks to my friend's home, crossing several streets that have complex intersections. That functionality or lack thereof is what makes you or eligible for Metro access. If you can do that, then you don't need Metro access. If you are unable to do that for at least a trip, you are eligible for Metro Access. You are eligible to have paratransit. Paratransit means parallel service to what someone who doesn't have a disability with a functional implication has. So it doesn't mean you're entitled to better service. It means you're entitled to equal service. So sometimes people say, I myself have said it, if I'm going from here in Falls Church, Virginia, where I live, around the Beltway to see my sister in Silver Spring. She lives in DC, but just inside the Silver Spring. 
border. By car without traffic, that takes under half an hour. But I have taken Metro access to get over there and it has taken me an hour and a half because it's a shared ride service. So sometimes they take me, we pick someone else up, we drop someone else off and then, oh no, I'm picking up another person. And then they're taking me around to my sister's home, dropping me off there. And then they're dropping off the other person they picked up. So it's mind boggling. Cause on the one hand, you're like, it's only a 25 minute drive with mm -hmm. this kind of traffic. There's no traffic on this early Sunday morning. On the other hand, if I were to have gone out in front of my house, caught the one bus that went to the Metro, went downtown, transferred trains, went out there and took another bus, it would have taken me an hour and a half to get to my sister's. Mm -hmm. Parallel service, not extra, not less than, equal to. So okay. sometimes when we are saying this is problematic, I want people to be aware it's, it's designed to make sure we can get from A to B and it doesn't always seem equitable, but time-wise, that's one of the things. So you're eligible if you're unable to take bus and train service because of your functioning due to your disability. I know the applications that I fill out so people can apply for Metro Access have a question which says, can this individual use accessible buses or trains? And the answer is yes or no. So the implication being, could they step onto a bus that lowers itself down to street level or um, has a ramp to get in, right? But what you're describing here, it says, no, it's not only about that, but it's even if you could physically get on there, but the bus or train would drop you somewhere where you'd now have to cross three streets, like you said, and being visually impaired, that is just not going to be safe, then it's fine. Even though you could physically get onto a bus that lowers itself or onto a ramp, the issue is more about even once you're dropped off at the regular bus stop or train stop, can you still get to your destination without putting yourself in risk, correct? I, now, that's a determination your doctor is making on that application, am I, am I correct? Because I'm filling out the form to make sure this individual is eligible for the program, or is that a determination that once I fill out the form and I say, yes, this person has a vision issue, that Metro Access is determining based on an interview that used to be in person, I remember, and I know you'll elaborate on that as well. Okay, so it's, it's, um, it's a combination of things. Our specialists are going to review certainly the application that you have filled out, and they might call the customer. It did used to be that, that we would have an in-person interview, and hopefully we will get back to that one day, but at the time now, we are doing everything remotely. So, they will read what the doctor has to say. And typically when the customer would come in, the, com the customer would be asked questions about how do you get around? And, and 
I sometimes would go and I've had other orientation and mobility specialists who would also go in with a customer to their interview. It's not necessary, um, but I definitely would include something on the applications, application questions such as can access the vehicle, but has trouble at complex intersections that are unfamiliar. Gotcha. Um, crossing four lanes of traffic in the Tysis Corner or Rockville Pike area or that type of thing. Concrete examples are good. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a familiar trip may be doable. Uh, unfamiliar trips with complex intersections are, are dangerous. Now, I say that, I'm, now I'm talking to you folks who are on the call. I'm not talking to Dr. Alibi, but to my fellow people who are blind and, and have low vision. It's a little tricky to me when we're talking about it's dangerous, it's whatever. It can be dangerous. But as an orientation and mobility instructor, I want you to know the longer you have to adjust to what's going on with you and your loss of vision, and the more you expose yourself to being out in the world and getting to learn some cane skills, if you're ready for that, or even if you have a whole lot of really useful vision left, which I still do, though it's diminished over the 33 years since I first lost my vision, I'm, I'm able to just live with a little more confidence and independence, a lot more independence, because I got good cane traveling skills. So please, please, please consider, if you haven't already, getting yourself signed up for services with an orientation and mobility specialist so that you can learn how to use a cane. And if you have an interest in a dog guide, you're gonna to have to get good cane skills before a dog school will allow you to train to get a dog guide. So I just wanna throw that in there. Dr. Alibi is absolutely right. It can be very dangerous. We have a risk of falls. I have fallen myself. It is a real risk. Perfectly sighted people fall. They trip over a curb. They, um, they have little accidents. It happens all the time. Um, but for those of us with lower vision or no vision, it happens more frequently. So there are risks. Um, the eligibility process is actually, it's daunting to some people, but it's really quite simple. The doctor fills out the paperwork and you send it in. You, you, as the customer, fill out this very short part A, which is your, your name, address, and email address and such, and you sign it. Then get it to Dr. Alibi or whoever your low vision specialist is, preferably a low vision specialist or, or, or an ophthalmologist. or You could even go to your primary care doctor, but I think it's better if you go, especially if you're hooked up here, go to these guys because they understand the process. They're the pros. And then they will fill out part B, which is the doctor's portion. The doctor has to fill out part B, put his or her name and license number, and they need to sign it. Both signatures need to be on there. And then the form gets scanned to my colleagues or to me directly, but to my colleagues who will be processing it in the end. And we need two other items with the application. A picture, usually a headshot. So just use your iPhone, have your family member or a friend down the hall, um, take a 
quick picture of you. I, I suggest the back of a door that's nice and plain. Do it in color, please. Uh, a photo that you can send to us as an attachment, a JPEG file. And then the third thing is a valid government issued ID. So it could be your old driver's license or for those of us who have them, a non-driver's identification card, or if you don't have that, a passport, has to be a valid government issued ID. That's because we're not seeing you in person. If we saw you in person, we would ask you to bring that to us. We'd verify, yep, you are who you say you are. Dr. Suleiman Alibi, here he is. We stamp that you are you. So we just need that government issued ID photo, separate photo for your Metro access ID and the application. You send all three of those documents to me or to eligibility at wamata.com. And I will share all this info uh, with POB. I can spell it all out here, Dr. Alibi, if you want me to, but I can also just make sure that Nick and Sean have it to post. That would be fine, Bridget, because um, Tara's on the line too. And um, Great. the Television Resource Center has all this and we'll give out that phone number again that they can call. So Great. And we record okay. the call. So don't worry about that. We will make sure that people know that. Great. And then once you once you send that in, we ask that it be done in one email and that each of those attachments be, say your last name is Brown. So it's Brown Metro Access Application. Call it that Brown photo ID picture, JPEG file, brown government ID picture. Simple as that, all to one email, keeps it nice and tidy. My colleagues can process it. If you don't hear from us in a few weeks, you can call me and I can check on it for you. It can take up to a month. Um, technically it's 21 days, but by the time the mail gets your cards to you, if you are found eligible for the service, um, the mail has been still slow in some neighborhoods, um, but we're doing we're doing very well. My colleagues are are doing very well at getting everything processed now. We're doing everything remotely. Okay, well that's great because before we the the potential customer had to go to gallery place and have a live in person interview, but I since I think since the pandemic you've been doing it by email, which is greatly facilitated things, made things a lot easier for most people since they don't have to make that trip to gallery place. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it does seem to be a, it's, it's popular. It's one of the few things of the pandemic that has been popular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, we, like I say, we will likely go back eventually to in-person interviews, but there is no, no plan to do that right now. We are really dedicated to keeping everyone safe and, uh, there's no point in bringing people in if we don't have to. Right now we're rocking and rolling with the remote process. Excellent, excellent. The other thing that happens is for many Metraxis users, they, they're often surprised that there's a renewal. You know, most people say, I thought this was for life. Once I have Metraxis and I was told, and the doctor put on, I have a permanent disability, then why am I having to attest again? And uh Maybe you want to clarify that, that everyone at some point does have to reapply or whatever you want to call it, recertify for Metro Access. Am I right, Bridget? You are correct. And it, it does not. So I have been legally blind for 33 years now. 
And every three years I have to reapply and I work for the organization. <laughs> so it is, um, it is part of the way the regulations are written. Uh, believe me, we have had many, many uh, folks in the community pan disability, not just low vision and blindness community who have raised their voices about this, but our leadership has not been able to um, make a change on this front as of yet. So you will either need to recertify every five years or every three years, depending on what your Metro access card expiration date is. Be aware of that. I suggest when you get your cards in the mail or even today, if you're not sure when your expiration date is, look at it or have someone look at it for you. If you don't have someone to look at it for you, uh, Tara will have my number. You can call me and I'd be happy to look it up for you and tell you what your expiration date is. And the recertification application is very simple. It's just two short pages as opposed to the longer initial application, two very short pages. And again, Dr. Alibi and friends are very well acquainted with it. And you don't need to send any other pictures or anything in unless it's been a long time and you, or you want a new picture for your ID card. Some people don't like their pictures. So send in a new picture if you want to, but it's very simple. You send it to us by email and it can be processed quickly. So it's a pain in the neck, but it's a much quicker, unless suddenly you've miraculously regained your vision, which none of us that I know has experienced, I'm sorry to say, um, you are going to be, it's a slam dunk. It's just a, a matter of administrative paperwork. Right. That's great. That's great. Good. So here's another question that comes up quite often, Bridget, is so exactly where can I go to with Metro Access? You know, some people will say, well, Metro Access doesn't come to my neighborhood or um, I want to go to Bowie, Maryland. I think Bowie is because it's PG County, right? But so yes. there are some areas where we find people say, well, Metro Access won't come here. So how are those limits defined where Metro Access goes? Okay. Good question. The limit is that we serve individuals who live in our service area, and that is defined very strictly by uh, guidance through, uh, I get my guidance confused. If it's the Federal Transit Administration, I think it might be, but it is within three quarters of a mile of a bus stop or a rail station. And the bus stop is one of our bus partners. So it can be a Metro bus, uh, Arlington ART bus, PG County, the bus, Montgomery County, ride on, uh, but not so we don't serve Prince William County. So the Prince William County buses don't count. Loudoun County buses don't count. Has to be within our service area. If you ever have a question, say you wanna go somewhere further afield, you're not sure if it's in Fairfax County or Loudoun County, because it's right near the border. Just call Metro Access Reservations. Say, this is the address I'd like to go to. Can I get there? And they will let you know. Okay. In terms of if you can get service, if you live at that address, you can apply for Metro Access, even if you are outside of the service area, but you have to give an address. So I have a couple of people who live just 
you know, nine tenths of a mile from a bus stop. And it's, it's a bummer. It really is. But they have to give me an address that's inside the three quarters of a mile area in order to get picked up. So they might walk to a Starbucks or walk to a friend's house and get picked up from there if they're able to. But you have to be picked up within three quarters of a mile of a metro or other bus or train station. So now you, we- and where to go, you asked. Yeah. yeah. No, I was gonna say when you said, um, for example, Loudoun County is not included, but now if Metro does get out to Dulles Airport, let's say, what what will happen there then? I mean, now you've yes. extended that boundary, haven't you? Yes, so it will extend, it will extend. So for now you can get to, um, you can get to National Airport on Metro Access, but you cannot get to Dulles because we don't serve Dulles. We do have a particular bus that will um, go out to Dulles, but it's under a separate sort of contract, a different compact, they call it, that um, is not regulated by the same. So Metro Access is not required to go there. Yes, as soon as we open up to Dulles, Metro Access will also travel to Dulles. Um, and my understanding is as we spread further afield into Loudoun County, we will cover the areas we serve. I don't believe that that will mean we cover all of Loudoun County, but it will mean the parts we extend to that Metro extends to. Okay, gosh. Wow, there's a lot of information here. And my gosh, Bridget, thank you. You've been, you're such a wealth of information. I've asked all the questions. I, I think there might be questions from our callers. So Bridget, is there anything else you wanna add before I, I open it up for questions? I would love to just encourage you all again, those of you on the call, whether you've been dealing with your blindness or your low vision for a long time or a short time, to be encouraged. Um, I thank you for being on here today to um, participate in what POB is doing. And I, I saw some names earlier. I see people from the VIP groups and other blindness related groups and low vision groups. I think that um, it is a joy for us to have each other and to be able to support each other. Um, and one of my joys is the fact that I am able to get out and walk and get around. Um, there was a time, many of you know, where I had broken my ankles and I had a terrible long recovery and, and now I'm back on my feet and I'm walking around and it is such a pleasure. So for those of you who are feeling for whatever reason, isolated or closed off or sad about what's happening vision-wise, pandemic-wise, health-wise, please don't, don't stay alone. Keep reaching out call on us, we're here, and call on the other resources in the community. Specifically, if you've thought about getting orientation and mobility training, I am urging you, call your state agencies, see what options you have. The Maryland Department of Rehab Services or DOORS, Virginia Department for the Blind and Vision Impaired, DC Rehab Services Administration at DDS, 
uh, Columbia Lighthouse for the Blind has OM instructors on staff. Please consider even just making a phone call. You don't have to commit to anything. Or if you want to talk about it and talk about what scares you about it, what might excite you about it a little bit, call me. Because just getting out and taking a walk around the block can lift your spirits no end. We are entering this beautiful, crisp fall weather that um, is one of my favorite times of year. Put on a couple sweaters and take a walk. It can change everything. But if you don't feel like you can get out there and do that, um, this may be a good time. This may be a good time to give it a shot. And if you do that, then further down the road, when I'm able to once again start teaching people one-on-one -on -one at Metro travel training, which is what I do at Metro, but for now, because of the pandemic, I'm not allowed to do one-on-one -on -one instruction. Um, you have to have good O&M skills, some good basic cane travel skills in order to participate in learning buses and trains, even if it's just one trip we take together. So I saw a couple of my former students on here who have become friends. And I, um, I would love to make some new friends when we're able to get together. So for now, the only way we can do that is by phone. Give me a call, we can talk and um, take heart. You are not alone and get some training. It's a good thing. And I'll answer whatever questions you have. All right, Bridget, again, it's wonderful. And, and you are so encouraging and motivating to everyone. And it's, we're lucky, we're fortunate to have Metro Access. We're fortunate to live in the DMV where we can access all these things. And we personally are fortunate to have someone like you who is there advocating for our rights and for the people who are visually impaired. So again, thank you. Thank you very, very much for all that you do and for all your dedication and genuine care and concern, for at least for all my patients that I've ever sent to you or referred to you or the applications we, I send in. It's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. I really am personally very thankful to you. And I'm sure everybody else on this call is. So what I'm going to do now is open it up, but I'm going to, I think, Nick, you will control the um, questions and things. I'm going to switch computers. So you're going to see my name go down here. My laptop is running out of power. So I'm going to switch to a different computer. So I'm suddenly going to disappear, but I'll, I'll be right back. And Nick, can you open the floor to questions, please? Absolutely. It looks like Rex, you have your hand raised. If you'd like to go ahead, you're unmuted. Uh, yes, Bridget, I'd like your phone number. Okay, I will give you my phone number. I'm going to say it out loud. You could get it from um, Tara or from others at POB, but I will say it out loud for those of you who want to write it down. It is my Metro cell, 202-570-2447. And I will repeat it. I'll give you a second. 202 5702447. Thank you very much. I actually, I'm new to Metro Access. I've only used it a couple of times, but I have a couple of suggestions and I will be happy to discuss those offline so other Great. people can ask questions. Uh, Thank you, Rex. I appreciate that. And uh, any, any 
calls like that, I, I welcome and I appreciate being able to do individual things offline. Thanks. Thank you. And I appreciate what you do and, and the uh, Dr. Alibi and the others for setting this thing up. So thank you. Thank you, Rex. We'll go next to um, Gerald. It looks like he has his hand up. Gerald, you are on mute though. If you do have your hand up and you'd like to speak, please go ahead and unmute yourself. Oh, may I ask one other thing? Go ahead, Rex. Bridget, what's your last name so I can put it in my contacts list? Oh, sure. It's Doherty. D-O-H-E-R-T as in Tom, Y. Doherty? Doherty. D-O-H-E-R-T-Y. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Rex. Gerald, go ahead. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning. It's uh, very exciting to be involved with prevention of blindness. And Bridget, you know we're all happy to see that you're rocking and rolling and getting back to the help that we need. My question is, and from my understanding of your leadership uh, has told me that with the abilities rise, you can choose the platform of taxi cab or Uber or Lyft. And I just want to make sure that we verify that so that some people can that have gotten used to the taxi cabs will be able to feel free to use the abilities ride component with Metro Assets. Well, hello, my old friend. And I, I do not know that that is the case. I will double check it. And uh, you are welcome to call me back. If you would like to try me tomorrow, I will have an answer for you. My understanding is that we do not have that ability, that the rides are now being, it used to be that way on abilities ride where you could mm -hmm. choose, uh, you could choose to book a trip with this or that company. Now that is not the way it is working. Now your rides are being assigned by dispatch. You don't know that you're gonna be assigned to an abilities ride vehicle. You might have a Metro access vehicle, either a van or a sedan, or you might be assigned an Uber or, or a cab from a different company. But we do not, you and I as customers are not making that choice. Right, and yeah, that's what I've, cause I've experienced it. <clears throat> and it's opted to the, uh, um, because I was asked whether I want taxi cab or Uber or Lyft, and I opted for the taxi cab. How long ago and was that's this? What I began. Um, I'm trying to think, when was September, I would say it would be. Okay, I will, I will check into it. And if, if you, did you take, do Definitely you have my support. number? Definitely the support. Okay, I will check into it. If, if that's the case, that is news to me because even yesterday when I spoke with our um, manager of, of our access services department, that is not the information I was given, but I'll double check. I appreciate you bringing it up. Okay. Because I want to be clear because 
I want to know what will you, will you call me back tomorrow? 5702 2447. Got it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and Gerald. Welcome back. Thanks. Thank you. No All problem, right. Nick. Not a problem. Farah, go ahead with your question. Farah, yeah, go ahead. Yes, um, I was wondering how we can apply for ability uh, program, ability ride program. The abilities ride, um, you can opt into that. There was a time when we would call Metro Access and there was a recording about it. Here's what I would suggest, Farah. I would call, um, call my office at 202. 962 270 oh nope 962 1100 202-962-1100 and let them know you'd like to sign up for abilities right thank you farah any other questions And to unmute yourself, you're gonna to wanna to click the microphone shaped icon on the bottom left of your screen. Uh, this may be different in different um, devices, but that's generally where it is. And it looks like Dr. Alibi has been able to rejoin us once again. Barbara, I think you have a question, right? But you have to unmute yourself, Barbara. Okay, am I unmuted? Yes, you yes. are, go ahead. Okay, good. <clears throat> Hi, Bridget. Uh, you get Hi, Barbara. <laughs> okay, so this is an, a new thing. Um, so when we call Metro Access, we don't know whether we're going to get a van or a taxi. Is that what you said now? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, and in either case, we would have to be there a half an hour before the scheduled time. Like we yes. So, so, Barbara, let me clarify on that a bit. So you will know. I'm going based on my experience last night. You won't know immediately, but you will get a text from Metro that will let you know. When you get that text, it lets you know that you're, you're gonna have an Uber or, or a taxi. When you get that ride, you do know. And at least in my case, when I got it, um, I didn't click on the link until I was ready. There is technically still a window, but I do think you get a bit more flexibility because what I understand is had I clicked on the link, I could have said, I'm ready now. So I could have, and when I clicked on the link and said, I'm ready now, I clicked on the link at 4.30 and I said, I'm ready now. And they sent a vehicle nine minutes later. Now I was downtown DC, but it, it's sort of like when you're ready for a regular Uber, however long it might take. Technically, you still have a window, but I do believe that the Abilities Ride program gives you some flexibility as to when you're gonna actually hit the launch button in a way to request that your ride be dispatched. Does that make sense? Oh, so when I call dispatch um, for Metro Access, they used to give me a window that I had to be at my front door to, to get picked up. So, 
So that's still the case, but I just don't know whether I'm going to get a, a cab or a van. You will know if you're going to get a cab or a van. You will know it because they'll send you a, a text. Oh, I They'll see. send you a text message. That's why I mentioned earlier, this is not for individuals who, when you opt into this program, they're going to say, are you comfortable with text messaging? If you are not comfortable with text messaging, this is not going to be a good fit for someone. Um, but you will get a text that says your ride's been assigned, basically. And okay. does and that, I'll, I'll, so you'll know. That, so I'll, I'll get that right after I sign up? You'll get that shortly after you make your reservation okay. or when they determine. So it might be a couple of hours after oh, you make okay. your reservation. I see. Okay. All right. Just I just wanted to know whether it was going to be right before the time that I was waiting at the door or whether it was closer to when I made the reservation. For me, it was closer to when I made the reservation. It was, it was within a couple of hours of having made the reservation that I got my first text. It was to just alert me to the next day. Uh -huh. And also be aware, Barbara, and anyone else on the call, that just because you opt into that Abilities Ride program, it doesn't mean you're going to get right. assigned to those vehicles. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. And the other question I had is on the pickup side, um, I'm often out in the sunshine where it's very hard to read my phone, especially text messages since I'm vision impaired. My mm -hmm. screen is washed out in the sunshine. So um, that is causing me a little bit of anxiety right now for the, the pickup. Yes. Um, can I wait inside, like the Barlow building? I don't know if you're familiar with that on Wisconsin Avenue, is far from the curb, very far from the curb. But inside that building, I can see the text messages fine, but outside I cannot see them at all. Um, yes, I understand the question and the concern because I also have struggled that way. Um, it might be a time as an aside, it might be a time to start considering, are you using an iPhone or an Android phone? Android. Okay. Um, it might be a time to start considering using, uh, I don't know what it's called on an Android phone, <laughs> but it's voiceover on an iPhone. But I have a friend here in my building who's blind and uses an Android phone, and he has a similar program that allows the text to be spoken to him. It's so, called select to speak. Okay, there you go. So that's one option. The other thing is, um, and I know the anxiety, Barbara, trust me, I, I definitely do. And I understand the screen being washed out when you're outside. It would not be a great option based on my experience yesterday. Um, it is not like a Metro access driver who is going to come locate you who is going to do everything in his or her power to find you at the outermost door of the building. Uh -huh. like, uh, so it's something to consider. So on the return ride, do they text when they get there or do they give you a little warning? For me yesterday, it was exactly as if I had booked an Uber. 
except it wasn't in an Uber app. It was in my text messaging stream. No. Uh-huh. It said, James, your driver is four minutes away. And then I got another thing that said, James is one minute away. And then it said, James is there. Except he wasn't there. He was on the other side of the building. I've had so that then, happen. Then I had to call my, my, you know, the where's my ride option at Metro Access. I called where's my ride. I held for 10 minutes. They came on the line and they helped me. And then they assigned another Uber. And he was there very quickly. Now, this is something, by the way, folks, if you're like me, I did this thing a few months ago. I read an article in the Washington Post. I changed all my settings on the phone to block calls that I didn't want. That first driver did try to call me. In his defense, he tried to call me, but the call was silenced by my phone because I can't stand getting phone calls. If I don't know who the person is, I wait till I get a voice message from them. So I need to go back into my phone settings and turn off all those blocked call things because I will not get uh, the calls I need in this abilities ride venue if I keep those blocked call settings. Okay, so, this isn't as good as the old one. <laughs> no, the old one, the old one put, the, put you in the driver's seat. This does not put you in the driver's seat as much. It, it gives you a, a, a nice option and it's a free ride, but it does not give you the same flexibility as the old one. It's a different option. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. It's definitely something to think about, Barbara. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank you. And I also You're welcome. I've had uh, drivers go to the to several drivers go to the wrong side of the building, and I thought I was going to be left in the dark. And finally, a driver got to the right one um, because they use their GPS, and it takes them to the wrong side of the building. Um, but thank you very much. It's a very good service, and uh, I'm happy that it's back in there again. I'll try it. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. And as a reminder for anyone who's dialed in on the phone, if you hit star six, you'll be able to unmute your phone to ask a question. And it looks like we have a phone caller who's calling from the last two digits, one eight, if you'd like to speak up and ask your question. I'm phoning in. Can you hear me? This is Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Go ahead. I, I'm on, I got in late and a couple minutes late, and I didn't hear. How do I get one of the applications? Um, a Metro Access application for the uh, ride share. Oh, you can you can call and ask. So you already have Metro Access, yes? Yes. You can call at 202-962-1000. Okay. And ask. Uh, Will they mail it to me? Uh, you're going to have to ask them. That's the ADA office. And okay. I, I think they might, if you do email, I believe it's an email um, that they're going to send to you. My computer's on the blink, and I'd like to have them mail it so I can uh, contact Dr. A. To uh, My name is Shirley Lingbach, and I'm, I've been one of his patients a couple times. Well, so this isn't I will... an... I hear you, Shirley. Um, the 
the opting into abilities ride is not, it's not anything you need the doctor to sign. This is between you and, yeah, this is, if you're already. Oh, so I can just sign up on the phone. You, you could let them know that your computer's on the blink and are, my, my understanding is it's a short list of questions. Perhaps they would read through them on the phone. I cannot speak for that particular okay, office. Okay, very good. I'll yeah, try give it a try. Sure. Thanks a lot. You bet. Thank you, Shirley. Any and other- doctor, would, would, would I have to have, get it to you and have you fill out that part B? No, Shirley, um, you can, you already have Metraxis, so you can directly okay. send it to them. They will, okay. they will, they will automatically process that part because you've already been approved for Metraxis. Yes. Okay, right. great. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Shirley. Uh-huh. Any other questions? Again, if you're on the phone, hit star six. If you're on a computer or tablet, hit the mute button, the microphone-shaped icon to unmute yourself. But I think we're coming towards the end of our questions here. Hi, Sandy, go ahead. Hi, um, Bridget, you may have answered my question already, and I apologize if you didn't. I spaced out. If we are signed up for Abilities Ride, can we still say, I want the van. Can we still, uh, can we, can we not do the abilities ride, you know, for one part of the trip and do it for the other part of the trip? My understanding, Sandy, and I did not, this was not addressed, so you did not space out. My understanding is that um, you're either opted into the program or you can opt out of the program. And then dispatch is going to um, make their decisions based on what's going on in your area. I don't, I heard absolutely nothing about sort of cherry picking, which for lack of a better word, uh, you know, letting them know that you'd like this to be an Uber as opposed to that. We don't get a say so in which we'd like to have be what. We're getting the basic service that we apply for when we apply is Metro Access. And now Metro is working on all these new innovative ways for us to have alternatives, which is great, but we're not able to pick and choose. That's my understanding. Okay, thank you. Sure. Thank you, Sandy. Uh, Dr. Alibi or Bridget, any other final thoughts as we close out here today? I can see that we all need to be better at using technology because it helps if you can use a smartphone when you're waiting for your ride and especially if you're using abilities and you're getting texts. It helps if you use a computer and know how to scan documents and receive documents that have been scanned and print them out. So I encourage you all to reach out to Tara Aziz at our OVision Resource Center and get good at using your technologies because the world is now entering that phase where we've become increasingly dependent on technology. And I think the pandemic really shifted those in that direction 
look here, we're sitting on Zoom. Two years ago, we wouldn't have known what Zoom is, let alone how to access it. But all of you are on Zoom and able to mute, not mute yourselves. So that's my last word to all my patients and all the people on the call is, Get familiar with your technology, get comfortable using it. And, um, you know, times have moved on. This has become the sort of norm now to use cell phones and, and our computers for scanning documents and so on and so forth. But again, I wanted to just thank Bridget and Bridget, you have the last word. Thanks, Dr. Alibi, so much. Um, you know, you are the hero to so many of us. I don't mean a hero, I mean like the hero. So we are grateful to you and I'm grateful to Nick and Tara and Sean and everyone at POB. Uh, I just wanna echo what Dr. Alibi said a moment ago. In terms of getting to know our technology, I am, as my friend Reggie says at work, we are the dinosaurs. He and I are both pushing 60. We don't want to learn any more new technology. We feel like we want to stop. And the reality is we cannot. And I cannot stop. As a person who is legally blind, I can't stop learning it. I need it. And it is going to mean that my life is shut down in different ways if I don't keep learning it. So I'm just going to say, talk to Tara. She can tell you about things like Hadley School for the Blind online that is totally free. She can tell you about um, all the programs down at the MLK Library in DC, the state agencies and what they can and can't do. She's a wealth of information. Take advantage of this fantastic POB setup that you have. And um, don't forget to call me. I miss talking to people. And anything that you have, any follow-ups or questions or concerns, I'm here. I look forward to hearing from you. And uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bridget, Dr. Alibi. We appreciate it. on behalf of the Prevention of Blindness Society. Wish you all a very good day. We'll see you on November 17th at 11 a.m. as we introduce Dr. Wynn to our community with Dr. Alibi. Everybody have a great day.